Welcome to Slaking Thirsts, a podcast that's all about bringing the thirst deep within our hearts for love and communion to the heart of Christ, a divine heart, who is seeking our love and communion in return. The hope is that the two thirsts would meet and both thirsts would be slaked. Well, friends, good morning. Good morning. <laughs> Happy Easter again. This is... Uh, this is, uh, we, we're missing the sixth graders at Mass today, right? They're, at, they're on retreat at Damascus, which means that all of your responses have to be extra loud to make up for them. So if I say good morning, you say? Good morning. That's pretty good. I heard Chase. That's really good. Chase is carrying the load of everybody. All right, so let's start with this. Let's start with this. One of the things that people don't realize or think about when it comes to the Pope, we're going to talk about the Pope for a second, is that even if you become the Pope, you still have to keep growing in your spiritual life, right? It's not as though you become the Pope and you're like, I am done. I have gone as far as I can go. I've gone as deep as I can go. I am done. No, no, no. Even the Pope, even Pope Francis, still has to be growing in his spiritual life. He still has to be reading and praying and going to confession and having his heart opened up to the Lord. Even the Pope, which is why for centuries, which is why for centuries, there's been a position in the Vatican um, called the preacher to the papal household. So for centuries, popes have chosen a priest or a group of priests or you know, a bishop or somebody. They've chosen somebody whose job it is every day to preach at the daily mass for the pope. So there's someone, there's a priest who preaches for the pope every day. I get to preach for you, and there's someone who preaches for the pope. Maybe one day I'll have that job. I don't know. So who's the guy who has this job? His name is Cardinal Raniero Cantalamesa. It's a pretty good name. Raniero Cantalamesa. He's had this job since the late 1970s. So how's, how's, how did he get this job? How did he get this job? So here's how the story goes. So Pope St. John Paul II, he was elected to the papacy in 1978. He becomes Pope in 1978, and things in the church, things in the world were really difficult, and he was really wrestling and struggling with, how do I want to lead the church in this direction? How do I want to lead the church after a lot of changes have been happening? And it's, the story goes that he was in his office one day, the window was open, and it was overlooking St. Peter's Square, and the Pope is sitting at his desk, and he hears this voice calling up from St. Peter's Square. This voice was going, Coraggio! Coraggio! Giovanni Paolo! Coraggio! Anybody speak Italian? Nobody. Okay, so this person was in St. Peter's Square screaming, Courage! Courage! John Paul II, courage! He was screaming, Coraggio! Coraggio! Have courage, is what he was saying. So the Pope looks out the window. He's like, who's this crazy guy? Right? He's looking out the window. And he sees this Franciscan, this, this guy wearing Franciscan robes, and he's just screaming like a madman. He's screaming to the Pope through his window. And the Pope goes, he gets his, his, the Swiss guards, and he goes, go, go get that guy. So they run down there, they go get Father Cantalamesa. He brings him up to his apartment, has a whole conversation with him, and he says, hey, do you want to be the preacher to the papal household? Do you want to be my preacher? And that's how he got the job, because he started screaming through the window. I think that's a pretty cool story. So Cantalamesa, he's had this job. He preached for John Paul II. He preached for Pope Benedict, and now he's preaching for Pope Francis. And it all started because he was telling the Pope, have courage, coraggio, have courage. 
Friends, I want to talk about courage this morning. Say courage. courage. The root of the word courage is core, which means heart. If we're going to have courage, it's got to come from our heart. If you're going to live this life of discipleship, if you're going to live this life of discipleship, if you're going to follow Jesus, you have to have courage. Say courage. courage. If you're going to live this life of discipleship, we have to have courage. It takes courage to follow Jesus. I mean, listen, did you hear that story from the first reading that we heard today? Juliana, you killed that reading. That was so good. You did a great job. So let's back up and let's remind ourselves of what's happening in this story. So you've got the apostles. They've been arrested by the temple guards, by the Sanhedrin. They're arrested and they're thrown in jail because they're witnessing to Jesus, right? Has anyone here yet been arrested because of your witness to Jesus? Yeah, I haven't, right? These guys have. They were so bold, they were so courageous, they were witnessing, they were preaching, they were sharing the good news of the gospel. And they were thrown into jail because people wanted to silence them, right? So they're thrown into jail, and then the amazing part is during the night, this angel comes in, breaks them out of jail, and the angel says to them, go back to the temple. In other words, go back to the very spot you were arrested. Go back to the very spot you were arrested and keep preaching. I think most of us, I think most of us, if we got arrested, if we got broken out of jail by an angel, I'd be like, whoo, that was a close call. And I'm running in the opposite direction. I'm like, I am not going back to where I just got arrested. But these guys, they go right back to the spot where they got arrested. And guess what happens? They get arrested again. They get arrested again. The temple guards, they round them up again, and they bring them before the Sanhedrin. We've heard this word Sanhedrin. If you came to Mass on Good Friday or the service on Good Friday, you heard about the Sanhedrin. The Sanhedrin is this group of Jewish leaders. This was the same group of Jewish leaders that put Jesus to death. It was the same group who looked at him and said, we are condemning you to death. So they're standing in front. Imagine this. They're standing in front of the same people who put Jesus to death. And if that was you or me, I bet we would probably be nervous like, is, are we about to get the same treatment that he got? But were they nervous? No. They weren't nervous. They were so bold. L listen to this again. Juliana, you read it so, so good. They said, so the Sanhedrin, they said to the apostles, we gave you strict orders, did we not, to stop teaching in that name? Which name? Jesus. Which name? the name of Jesus. We gave you strict orders to stop teaching in that name. Yet, what have you done? They said, you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching. Now again, if that's you or me, I think likely we would say, oh gosh, like, all right, I'm, I'm sorry, we'll back off. I don't want to, I just don't want to get in trouble. I don't want to get crucified. I just, I'll back off. Is that what they do? Yes or no? Yes or no? Yes or no? No, that's not, that's not what they do. Peter responds. This is Peter. He says, we must obey God rather than men. We have to obey God. He's saying, we, like, listen, there's something bigger going on here. We have to obey God. The courage, the boldness. And then the next part of this is what, what blows my mind. Peter just doesn't simply say, I have to do this. He then starts preaching to the Sanhedrin. He starts trying to evangelize them. He says to them. So this is Peter talking to the people who put Jesus to death. He says, the God of our ancestors raised Jesus, though you had him killed. 
Picture that. The group of people who put Jesus to death. There's Peter. Remember what happened to Peter on Good Friday? Jesus is arrested. What happens to Peter? What did he do? Someone comes up to him and says, are you one of that man's followers? And does, what does Peter say? Yes, I am. What does he say? He denies him, right? This little servant girl comes up to Peter. Aren't you one of that guy's followers? No, no, no. I swear, I do not know the man. It happens again. No, you're, you're one of those guys, that guy's followers. No, I do not know the man. It happens a third time. I tell you, I do not know the man. He denies him three times. He's so scared. And now look at Peter. He's been filled with the Holy Spirit, the power from on high, the courage of God is in his heart. And he's saying, you put him to death, but God raised him to life. He's preaching, he's bold, he's courageous. He's courageous. He's courageous. Friends, if we're going to live this Christian life, we have to be, we need courage. We need to be courageous. Listen to this, I want to read this. Courage is not, it's not the absence of fear. Being courageous does not mean you're not afraid. Courage is not the absence of fear but acting despite it. In fact, you would not need courage if you did not have fear. Courage doesn't mean you aren't afraid. No, courage means you have fear, but you choose to act despite the fear. Courage is not the absence of fear. Say it with me. Courage is not the absence of fear. but the triumph over it. Courage is not the absence of fear, but the triumph over it. The brave man, the courageous man or woman is not the one who does not feel afraid, but the one who conquers the fear because there's something more important. Friends, if you're going to live this Christian life, we need courage. We need to ask for the Spirit's gift of courage. This summer, for our middle schoolers, there's going to be lots of opportunities to get involved in the Vine and youth group and all sorts of things. You know, one of the things that happens over and over and over again is people don't show up to the youth group because they're afraid they're not going to know someone there. Have the courage to show up, even if you don't know if you're going to know someone there. Have the courage to show up. Have the courage to invite somebody. This year at the Easter Vigil, we baptized somebody her name is Sage. Sage was invited to a youth group event by someone. Sage wasn't a Christian. She wasn't baptized. Someone had the courage to reach out to invite her. And she met Jesus. She got baptized. Now she loves the Lord. She's part of the church because someone had the courage to invite her. I'm a Christian because someone had the courage to ask me about God. Maybe some of you, you, you might need the courage to ask your mom and dad to take you to Mass on Sunday. Mom and dad, please take me to Mass on Sunday. Maybe you need the courage to ask for that. Maybe we need the courage to be the only person who does the right thing in class, even if everyone else is doing something else. Maybe we need the courage to be the one person who says something nice about someone that everyone else is making fun of. But we need courage to live this Christian life. And courage comes from the Holy Spirit. So friends, in the silence right now, I want us to close our eyes and I want us to ask the Holy Spirit to give us the gift of courage. So in our hearts, let's be quiet for a few moments and pray to the Holy Spirit, fill me with the gift of courage that I would be like the apostles, bold to witness to the Lord Jesus in the world. Amen.